Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor at the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now, get ready to be transformed by this message. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful for another beautiful Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for gathering us here together to hear your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you guide us into your word in Jesus' name. Let no one leave this place the same as they entered, but may we leave this place changed and transformed. Let the power of the Spirit move amongst us in the name of Jesus. It shall not be by the letter. Oh Lord, but let it be by the Spirit. We give you thanks. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord and you may be seated. Open your Bibles with me to John chapter 5 and verse number 16. We are sharing about church growth. And today we are talking about the principle of maximizing Sunday. Principle of maximizing Sunday usage. Principle of maximizing Sunday usage. That means to make the best use of your Sunday. This is how churches grow. Hallelujah. Amen. Last week... We talked about church growth and lay people. And we saw how when Moses spoke to the Lord about the heaviness and the challenge of his work, God's answer was that he should bring people that he will anoint to bear the burden with him. That was God's solution. God's solution for The increased work or the difficult work of God is not more prayers and more anointing, but more people that will equally be anointed. Hallelujah. That is how God solves the problem of overburdened pastors. Amen. And today we are talking about maximizing Sunday usage. The principle of maximizing Sunday usage. John chapter 5 and verse 16. John chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Say the Sabbath day. Say the Sabbath day. It says, Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus And sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh, he thereto, and I work. My father worketh, he thereto, and I work. Hallelujah. So Jesus had done certain works on the Sabbath day and the people were accusing him and they sought to 
kill him for that. That he did some things or some work on the Sabbath day. Now, the Sabbath day is to us like a Sunday. Are you listening? The Sabbath day to the Jew is like a Sunday to us. Now, the New Living Translation says, So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, My father is always working, and so I am. Hallelujah. He says, My father is always working. He says, I do as I see my father doing. If the father is working on Sabbath day, Jesus chose to work on Sabbath day. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So Jesus did not consider the Sabbath day as a day to relax. He considered it a day to do the Lord's work. The Lord's work is anything that the father is doing. Anything that God is doing is God's work. That is his work. And Jesus says he will do what he sees the father doing. He says, my father is always working and so am I. Hallelujah. Jesus considered the Sabbath day as a day to do the father's work. Luke chapter 4 and verse 15. Luke chapter 4 and verse 15. Luke 4 and verse 15. It says, he, you can go back to the King James Version. He says, and he taught in their synagogue, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. He says he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. The next verse. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again, to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This day, say this day, this day, this day. Jesus looked at them, he read the scripture, and he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Hallelujah. 
this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Do you have the NASB in this verse? It says, and all were fastened well of him and wondering at the gracious words which were fallen from his lips. And they were saying, oh, verse 21. Verse 21. And he began to say to them, today, say today. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In your hearing. Today. Hallelujah. Today. There's another version, NIRV. He says, he began by saying to them, today, this passage of scripture is coming true as you listen. Today, this passage of scripture is coming true as you listen. The NIRV. Amen. These are, so, there were so many things in that scripture which Jesus was quoting from Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. He was quoting and there were several things listed there. There was the preaching of the gospel to announce or set prisoners free, to open the eyes of the blind, to set the oppressed free from oppression, and to announce the acceptable year of the Lord. And all of this, he's saying, today, these things, this scripture that you are listening, is being fulfilled. Hallelujah. They are being fulfilled. And you have to have faith also, that when you read the scripture, that it be fulfilled in your life. Scriptures are not just to be read. Listen. You see, this is why you don't even value your quiet time. Scriptures are not just words that you just read and walk away. These are the words of God. When you read the Bible, you have read the words of the most important person and you have to believe these words that they be fulfilled in your life. If it is a warning, you have to believe that it's a warning to you. If it's a promise, walk in it as if you have received it. They are the words of God. And when Jesus quoted, this is Isaiah, Isaiah 61. But when he read that scripture, he said, Today, this passage of scripture is coming true as you listen. As you listen. Amen. Bishop talks about when he read the scripture, give thyself holy. And that was it. It was fulfilled in his life. He accepted that it is for him. Are you listening? So Jesus is saying to the congregation that all these things are coming true today as they listen. They are coming true today as they listen. Now, if Jesus intended, if he's intended to do all these things on the Sabbath day, then the day was going to be a day that was fully occupied. Isn't that so? Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you. 
He's saying that these things are being fulfilled today. That there will be preaching. There will be an, uh, the announcement or the setting of prisoners free. To open the eyes of the blind. To set the oppressed free. To announce the acceptable year of the Lord. All of these things are being done. So it was going to be a day that was fully occupied. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? In effect, Jesus intended to maximize this Sabbath day. Or for us, this Sunday. He was maximizing the use of the Sabbath day. Hallelujah. Jesus was not planning to have some relaxed moments. That his intention was to come to church for two hours and finish and go home and relax with his family. And go home and be with a husband, uh, with a wife. Is that what the plan was? To go and sit with his brothers and his mother and father and have dinner. Is that, I mean, do you think if he intended to do all these things today, there was room for him to go home and relax and have dinner with his friends and or with his brothers? He intended to maximize the use of that Sabbath day. Hallelujah. He wasn't planning to go home and watch basketball. He wasn't planning to go home and watch soccer. Amen. He wasn't planning to go home and do his laundry. Or doing your cooking. Or go and do your grocery. That was not what the plan was for that Sabbath day. Amen. Jesus intended to do the Father's work all day, to be occupied. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. It says, See then that ye walk circumspectly. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. I didn't write the Bible. I'm not saying that you are not wise. The Bible says, see then, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. You know, I always say that anything that the Bible says you should watch out for, you should do, you should be careful of, it means it's something that you can easily do. We are maximizing Sunday. We are not coming here to sleep. You see, the Bible says, see that you walk circumspectly. You have to be careful how you walk in this life. That means that you have a tendency, your, your tendency... You know, when we talk about tendency, let me explain it to you properly. You see, your tendency is if you were to be left alone. Do you understand? No constraints, no restraints, no control, the way you will go. Do you understand? That is your tendency. You see, if I, if I hold this phone, are you listening? You see? 
there is something suspending it that it doesn't fall. So it's being controlled to stay here. If I leave it, what do you think is going to happen? The tendency for this phone is to fall and break. That is what he wants to do. But there is restraint. And he will not allow it to fall. That is tendency. That is what we call tendency. When there is no restraint, if you don't put restraints in your life, if you don't put controls, if you don't put constraints in your life, you have a tendency to walk not circumspectly, not as wise. You will walk as a fool. That is what the Bible is saying. That if you are left alone, as a human being, left alone, without constraints, without restraints, without control, you will walk like a fool. Are you listening? So you see, when someone is teaching you something, you have to embrace it. You have to welcome it. It is a means to constrain you, a means to make you do a wise thing, a means to make you walk circumspectly, a means to make you do things like a wise person. Without that, your tendency is to walk as a fool. He says, see then, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time is like buying back the time. Saving the time. Preserving the time. Making good use of the time. Because the days are evil. The days are evil. Hallelujah. Do you have another version? Give us another version. The um, NIV. Or the NIRV. You don't still have the NIRV. Or they have it now. Okay, I'll read the NIRV. Okay, let me read the NSV. NASB. You have the NASB? Okay, New American Standard Bible. It says, Therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk. The Bible is saying, You see, I always tell you, the Bible will never tell you when you wake up in the morning, eat. Or when you, when you wake up, breathe. The Bible will not tell you when you want to go from point A to B, take a step. Do you understand? The Bible doesn't tell us that. It's our tendency to do that. It's your tendency to eat, but the Bible will tell you to fast because it's not your tendency to fast. You will not fast. It's not in you to fast. That you are there, you you say you, you will not fast. You have to be someone with certain discipline, certain constraint from the word of God, from what you have read, from what you have been taught, that it's proper for a Christian to set your stomach down and wait on the Lord. So you do. In hunger, you do it. But you as a human being, it's never your tendency to starve yourself. You will not do it. You see, they don't like my message. 
So he says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk. That means you will not be careful. Your tendency is not to be careful. Your tendency is to do whatever you want. You come to church when you want. Isn't that your tendency? Some of, many of you, you are cons- you, there's a constraint. The fear of God brings you to church. But if it was left to you alone, you'll be sleeping. You will not have taken a bath by this time. If it was left to you alone, you would have eaten two times and not brushed your teeth. If it was left to you alone. I'm telling you. Even when you feel like you have to wee-wee to get up, you are angry. You are angry. <laughs> Recently, there was a... <laughs> I don't know if you know if I have to say. There was a man who came to the hospital and... <laughs> and um, <laughs> so they... Um, if you're in a hospital and you are really sick, certain situations, you can't get up to use a commode or the toilet or whatnot. So they put what they call a Texas catheter. It's like, um, it's like a condom that is connected to a bag. And you urinate into it. <laughs> the man <laughs> said, I mean, he was so happy. He was so excited in the house. He said, wow, this thing is really good. You just there, you just urinate and it goes into a bag like that. <laughs> said, you don't have to get up. <laughs> you see, that's your tendency. Your tendency is not to get up, even to urinate. Your tendency is that you are there and the urine just comes and then it goes, somebody comes to take it. You see, but the Bible says, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Not as unwise, but as wise. The next verse says, making the most of your time. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Listen, if you are not making the most of your time, you are walking as unwise. You are walking as unwise. You are allowing time to pass by for things that you should have done within this time and you have not done it and that time has passed by, you are an unwise person. According to the scriptures, I didn't write the Bible. I didn't write the Bible. You're supposed to have started the semester. You're supposed to have registered and you didn't register and you say, I'll do it next year and you let the time go by, you are walking as unwise. He says, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. Hallelujah. The NIRV, the NIRV, no, we are reading just two, these two scriptures. Let me read the NIRV to you. It says, so be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Do not live like people who aren't wise. Live like people who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. The days are evil. 
the days are evil. Hallelujah. The days are evil and opportunity to do the work of God is practically limited. There are evil days. Are you listening? When we say there are evil days, that means that the evil is abundant. The opportunity to do God's work is not abundant. You don't understand what I'm preaching. I am saying when the Bible says that the days are evil, it means, you see, when we say that the economy is good, it means that generally, it doesn't mean that everyone is now rich. But generally, the economy is good for many people. It means many people can afford to buy food. Many people can afford to pay their rent and so on and so forth. Are you listening? But doesn't mean that everyone is rich. Okay? So when the Bible is saying that days are evil, it means most of the days they are evil. And to do the good works of God practically is limited. Therefore, redeem the time. Redeem the time. There is abundance of evil. Therefore, redeem the time. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the word of God? Therefore, redeem. You see, if you look at your work week, for instance, from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and sometimes even Saturday, you don't have a lot of opportunity to do the work of God. You don't have much of an opportunity to do the work of God. Therefore, when you have this Sunday, you want to maximize its use. You want to maximize it because the days are evil. If you are let go, you can't do much. You can't do much. So you are redeeming the time. Hallelujah. You are buying back the time of the week that you couldn't do much. You are redeeming them all in this one day. That is why I say make Sunday as a day that you work for God. The day that you work for God. Hallelujah. Shepherds who cannot even wait for meetings. You are irritated. We say we are going to have a meeting and something small happens and you are all gone. You can't wait. What are you running to? What are you going to do? To more evil. You are running to more evil. The days are evil. I'm telling you, you are going home to argue and to fight. I am telling you. You, I'm I'm telling you. And sometimes the fight, it will start as soon as you leave this door. Some phone call will come. Something will come. The days are evil. The days are evil. So Jesus says, all of these things, they are being fulfilled today as you are listening. As you are listening. Hallelujah. Are you listening? You see, the truth is that many of you, truthfully, you love God and you want to serve him. But you are so occupied. You are so occupied that you cannot do what you want to do. You cannot do the things that you want to do for God. And that is why this great wisdom of maximizing Sunday usage is such a wonderful thing. 
that Jesus is revealing to us, especially to us as lay persons. As lay people, we have to make our minds that we do the most we can for God on Sunday. Amen. Jesus knew that he didn't have much time here on earth. He didn't have so much time here on earth. So as he read the scripture to the congregation, he announced that as you are listening, they are being fulfilled today. As you are listening. Hallelujah. Some of you want to finish school before you can do anything for God. You say, when I finish school, when I finish raising my children, when my children are grown, you want your children to grow before you do anything for God? You want to finish school before you can do anything for God? Psalm 39. Psalm 39 verse 4. It says, Lord, make me to know my end. Lord, make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. Behold, you have made my days as hand breaths and my lifetime as nothing in your sight. Surely, every man at his best is a mere breath. Every man at his best is a mere breath. This is a prayer that every Christian must pray. This is David's prayer. And every Christian must pray this prayer. Pray that the Lord will help you to know your end. Do you know your end? Beloved, if you knew your end, you will not behave the way you are behaving. I tell you. He says, help me to know my end. Make me to know my end. Make me to know my end. You need to pray that God will help you to know the extent of your days. How many more days do you have? How long do you think you are going to live? How long? How long do you imagine yourself living? How long? He says, make me to know my end. And what is the extent of my days? What is the extent? How far? How long am I going to live? Let me know how transient I am. Do you understand what that means? You know, when the wind is blowing, you feel it, and then it's gone. That is transient. That is something that is transient. It is here and it's not there anymore. You feel it and it's gone. This is how we are. David is saying, let me know how transient I am. How passing through I am. How I can easily pass like that. I tell you, 
We are very transient. We are very transient. Young people, you may not think so, but we are very transient. When you see old people, don't think that everyone lives to be old. Don't think like that. By the grace of God, you are going to live for many years. But think as though young people also die. He says, behold, you have made my days as handbreadth. Handbreadth are the width like this of the hand. Handbreadth. And my lifetime has nothing in your sight. My, our lifetime, they are nothing. You know, whenever I see like a fly or like a mosquito, you know, when you see a mosquito and it comes, when a mosquito comes to bite you, what would you do? You just watch it like that. Because you are a Christian. <laughs> what do you do? You smack it. And what, what happens to it? If you hit it, it dies. You see, that is how our lives are in the eyes of God. Like a fly. When you see a fly, that is trying to come on your food. You see how? <laughs> that is how our lives are. You see, you can't think of your life as being like that. When you see an ant that is trying to enter into your bedroom, you just step on it like this and finish it. Wicked Christians. You see? And that is how our lives are. That is how our lives are. He says, help me. He says, my lifetime has nothing in your sight. Surely, Every man at his best is a mere breath. Do you know what it means? Every man at his best. That means at your most of strength. Every man without a disease, without sickness, without high blood pressure, without diabetes, without heart disease, without any of these terminal disease, no cancer, nothing wrong with you. At your best, you are like a breath, like this. And you are gone. I tell you. You see, you will not know the reality of how of a breath you are. Until you see someone who stops breathing. Someone who stops breathing for a short time and the person is dying. I'm telling you. Then you understand really the breath that you take in and out. In and out. If it's withheld, you are dying. Are you listening? You are dying. If it's withheld, if it's withheld, your brain dies within a short time. Your brain dies. If that breath is withheld, your brain dies. And when your brain dies, you are dead. They call it brain death. You are like a dead man. The same thing, no difference. Your heart can be beating, but we say you are dead. And he says, that is how we are. Amen. You see, many people don't think of how transient we are. Many people don't think how transient we are. Many people live their lives as if we are going to live on this earth forever. 
as if this is our, we are living here forever. Don't care about God. Don't care about the things of God. And you just care about yourself. As if we are going to live here forever. We are talking about maximizing Sunday usage. That we come to church and we want to do everything for God on that day. Amen. But the Bible says, at your best, you are a mere bread. At your best. At your best of health, you are a mere bread. Psalm 103, verse 15. Let's read some few scriptures and then we close. Psalm 103, verse 15. He says, as for man, as for man, not only man, there's the woo man also. As for man, his days are as grass. Say, my days are as grass. Say, my days are as grass. He said, as for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. You see how you are looking nice. How you are looking young. Fresh skin. Nice. All your teeth are there. Do you see? You can chew. You can eat. You can swallow. You are like flower that is flourishing. You are glowing. And you look nice. But it says, for the wind passeth over it. And it's gone. It is gone. He said, but Bible says your life is like grass in the field. When the wind passes over it, you are gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. That means you will not be remembered. You will not be remembered. I'm telling you. Life, eh? I tell you. You will not be remembered. You will not be remembered. You don't wake up thinking of certain people every day. I'm telling you, you don't wake up thinking of them every day. But when they depart from us, as if, I mean, something has been removed from us. Do you understand? Certain pain and sadness. And then for a short time, it says, their place will not be remembered anymore. As if they were not even there. You will not even be remembered. Somebody say your wife. Somebody say your husband will marry again. It's a competition here. Wow. It's well. God is good. Somebody will take your husband. Amen. If you understand this, you will live your life circumspectly. You will live your life as wise. Amen. You will live your life as a wise person. Spiritually and secularly. I tell you. Hallelujah. So when we come to church, we want to do everything here on Sunday. We want to do everything. We want to preach. We want to have our meetings. We want to have choir rehearsals. We want to fellowship. We want to visit. We want to counsel. We want to do everything. And we should be relaxed. Don't say, hey, pastor, I wanted to talk to you, but there were other people and I left. Why, where are you going? You are going home to fight. 
You are going home to argue. You are going home to disagree. You are going home to eat something that will add to your weight. That's all. Meanwhile, if you stay here, you see that you go and eat something small, which will be. The days are evil. Amen. Wow, time is gone. I had a lot to share with you, but it's well. Are you listening? We must do everything when we come. Let's read one more scripture. Psalm 90 and verse 10. Psalm 90 verse 10. He says, the days of our years are three score, three score years and ten. The days of our years are three score years and ten. Do you understand what it means? You know what is a score? What is a score? Twenty. So three scores is what? Sixty plus ten is what? Seventy. This is what the Bible is saying. You can argue. And say, not me. By faith. Me too. I'm saying, not me. By faith. But the Bible is saying, our days are three score years and ten. Let me tell you, a lot of the people who come to die in the hospital, they are in their 70s. A lot. The Bible is true. It says, our days, our years are three score years and ten. And if by reason of strength, you have good genes. You work out. God has been good. By reason of strength, four score years, you hit 80. So when we say, may you live and cross 70 with ease, 80 with ease, you see, we stop there. Sometimes some people add 90 with ease. <laughs> we are believing God <laughs> that we go to 90 with ease. But it says, three score and ten, and if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow. Yet your strength, the times that you have strength, they are all labor and sorrow. Labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Soon we are cut off. And we fly away. I don't know how old you are. But I am not too far from 70. I have a few more years to reach 70. Man, pastor, is that old? <laughs> yes. <laughs> few more years. One score and some other. No, even one score. <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm, I'm believing God for another score. Wow. Are you listening? Few more years and we are gone. But it says the strength, when we have that strength, it's all labor and sorrow. Labor and sorrow. Labor and sorrow. So verse 12, it says, verse 12, go to verse 12, we don't have the time. It says, so, so, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Lord, teach us to number our days. You see, I don't know how old you are. I don't know how many more years you are from 70. But you should count. You should subtract 70 
I mean, your years from 70 right now. Michelle, subtract your years from 70 and see how many more you have. Have you done that? You see how many more you have? You see that what you have is not even close to what you have lived. And you'll be 70. What have you done for the Lord? He says, teach us. When you don't learn to number your days, you don't live wisely. I'm telling you. He says, their strength, in their strength is labor and sorrow. Do you know, I think I was sharing with this, I think we were the one I was sharing with, that many people, many people are rich at the end of their lives. Many people are rich at the end of their lives. Many people have more wealth at the end of their lives. Listen, many people can afford to buy the nicest car at the end of their lives. Many people can afford to buy the nicest home at the end of their lives, but they never live in a nice home. You are piling and piling and piling and piling. You have no time for God. Piling and piling. You know, I have so much to share with you, but I don't have the time. Piling and piling. Whenever you are piling, whenever you are doing anything and God is not the vision of it, God is not the goal of it, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that you are chasing the wind. It's like chasing the wind. Many people save more money at the end of their lives when they cannot even enjoy it. And this also is a curse. It's a curse. Are you listening? Because many people think that when they are are done working, they are going to enjoy the fruit of their labor. When they are finished working, they can go on vacation. When they are finished working, they can sit at their porch and enjoy with their wives some nice juice and drink. They can sit at the beach and enjoy life, but they never get to. Maximize Sunday usage. Do the work of God. Serve God. It is he who adds to our lives. He says our lives, they are like mere bread. Mere bread. When God takes it away like this, you are gone. He calls you home. Is somebody understanding the word of God? When we come to church on Sunday, let us relax that it is for God. We are not going anywhere. We are relaxed. Amen. We are relaxed. And we are not going anywhere. Hallelujah. We cannot finish this. Let me tell you. If you don't pay attention to the number of your days, you will not apply your heart to wisdom. You don't count how many more years you have until you reach 70. You will not apply your heart to wisdom. He says, our years are three score and ten. And if by reason of strength, they be 30, they be 80, 80 years, and we are here no more. May you not live to chase the wind, but may you dedicate your strength, your heart, He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your might. 
love God and do the work of God. Have the work of God at heart. When you are in church, purpose that you do the work of God. You will serve God. Hallelujah. And he is the one that will make you enjoy the fruit of your labor. It is the wisdom of God. You see, these things that I'm sharing with you, you will never learn them at work. You will not learn them at school. No professor will teach you these things. That is why the word of God is such wisdom. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet as we bring the service to a close. Time is fast spent. Father, we are grateful and thankful for your word. We pray, Lord, that you teach us to number our days. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. Help us, Lord, to walk circumspectly that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be conscious of how transient we are or how that our lives are like grass, how that we are like mere breath, and how, oh Lord, that the extent of our days are so short. Help us, Lord, that we apply our hearts unto wisdom. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you honor. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here. You are not born again. You want to give your life to Christ. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here you want to give your life to Jesus? You want to receive Jesus as your savior? If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior? Why don't you all join me as we say this prayer together? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Please wash me with your blood. I welcome you into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come worship with us at the Kodesh Family Church located at 1810 Randall Avenue, Bronx, New York at 2 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you.